What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. I just got back from Atlanta. I was able to spend some time at the Build Your Own Brand Conference. Um, It was amazing, awesome time. Got a chance to network with a lot of different entrepreneurs and just um, creatives that are really on the move. So um, I'm back at it, back at, you know, posting regularly. So thank you guys for bearing with me in my absence. Um, So today I want to talk about three stages of failure and how to fix them. Um, one of the hardest things in life is is to know when to keep going and when to move on. As a collective, we typically celebrate perseverance and grit, tenacity, and never giving up. And we often admire the people for their like their stick to itness attitude. So you know, people like Tiger Woods and his recent win. People all over the people all over told him, you know, he wasn't going to make it. They said he was washed up and he should give up, but look at him now. Someone like Steve Harvey, who used to sleep in his car when he first got started in comedy. Um, He did that for quite a while, actually. And the reality is, you know, we all give up at a time in our life. And when you look at it from this perspective, if you're running a business and you've implemented a strategy that's, that's not working, and you expect different results, then you need to give it up. The age-old adage is is true. Uh, The definition of insanity is doing the same things and expecting different results. Don't be that guy. So it takes both approaches in life. You know, the wisdom comes in when a person knows when to give up or keep going. The goal of this episode is to get you to understand the exact problem and find a solution to it. I'm going to explain the three stages of failure to you. Stage number one is the failure of tactics. These are how your mis- these are your how mistakes. These occur when you fail to put in proper systems and get lazy with details. I'm going to repeat that. These occur when you fail to put in proper systems and you get lazy with the details. They typically occur when you fail to build, you know, like robust systems and you forget to measure carefully and you just get lazy, like I said, with details. Um, A failure of tactics is a failure to execute on a good plan and a clear vision. So imagine a guy named Charlie who purchases an ice cream parlor for the next 15 years and his business struggles because he's a nervous wreck. Well, Charlie's work week is between 85 to 100 hours, which is crazy. But Charlie ends up, you know, on antidepressants because of this. He's sick all the time and he doesn't get time to spend with his kids, even though he's a single dad. It's not until he actually looks at the systems he has in place that he starts to see a difference in his business. As of now, he's worried about missing payroll and losing his business. So, That's his constant state of reality. It's losing his business. 
Imagine that type of stress. So Charlie goes back to the drawing board and he begins to revise every system in the ice cream parlor for how customers are greeted to how each meal is prepared and how escalations are really dealt with. He creates an employee handbook. So now there's a system in place to handle almost every problem. Immediately, Charlie's work week decreases rapidly. He goes from working 100 hours a week to only 10. For Charlie, his issue was his tactics. Once he changed his tactics, he saw the business sales increased by 40%. And 30 years later, he ends up becoming one of the most popular ice cream parlors in America. So with Charlie, he lacked the details. He lacked the, he didn't like a plan. He didn't like the stick to itiveness. What he lacked was the basic day-to-day getting in the muck of the business. What does each process look like? So how do you fix a problem of tactics? Well, like I said, Charlie had the vision and he had the strategy for his business, but what he lacked was execution and he lacked systems. There are three primary ways to fix a failure of tactics. One, record your process. Two, measure your outcomes. And three, review and adjust your tactics until you get optimal results. One, record your process. Two, measure your outcomes. Three, review and adjust your tactics until you get optimal results. This can take a few months and sometimes years to perfect, which is why you should always measure your outcomes and look for ways to increase your results. Write down each and every process. Be detailed and don't shy away from the time it takes to do this. It really does pay off in the end. This isn't just for big business. This also applies to solopreneurs, managers in corporate America, pretty much anybody. If you, if you lack the details in your business or if you have a system that isn't really working for you, don't be stubborn. Take a look at that system and make sure that you're doing everything possible to understand what the system is and you're measuring that system to see what results are coming from it and then review it and see if, if it's really giving you what you want and what you need to get your maximum and optimal results. Step two. Step two Um, is a failure of strategy. So let's take a look at Jeff Bezos and, and Amazon. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, wanted to create a platform that competed directly with eBay for an auction service back in 1999. I was like eight. <laughs> He pulled everyone from their respective projects in order to get this done. His idea was simple. He wanted to create a platform that allowed people to sell pretty much anything online. So Bezos pulled together his best software engineers to build the auction site from scratch. They got it done in about three months, which is crazy to build a, a system that, that complicated in three months. Oddly enough, six months after the launch, Amazon auctions had become a failure. Yes, Jeff Bezos did fail. Later in 1999, management decided to repackage the launch and call it Amazon Z-Shops. This version of the idea allowed anyone from big companies to individuals set up an online shop and sell goods through Amazon. Well, guess what, y'all? This was another failure. So in December of 2014, Bezos actually referred to this failed project or this failed series of failed projects by saying, 
You know, I've made billions of dollars of failures at Amazon.com, literally billions. Imagine that, guys. Imagine making billions of dollars of mistakes. But as you can see where Amazon is today, it was worth it. It paid off. So Amazon took one more shot. It took one more step at the project towards the end of 2000. So now we're, we're almost a year um, later. They launched what was called Amazon Marketplace, which allowed individuals to sell used products alongside Amazon's new items. For example, a small bookstore could list their used textbooks directly alongside new ones from Amazon. Well, this is what we know as Amazon today. So obviously, like that was the deal breaker. Like that is what made Amazon what it is and it made it super successful. So if you ever go on Amazon now, you'll notice that if you ever go on any item or you want to buy a PlayStation, you want to buy a book, um, they'll have an old used item and they'll also have a new item. So this allowed for people to sell things in their own homes, but it packaged it in a way that was receptive um, from the masses. So it took some expensive lessons for Bezos and Amazon to get things right, but they got it done in the long run and it did pay off. In 2015, Amazon Marketplace accounted for nearly 50% of the $107 billion in sales on Amazon.com. That is crazy. So out of everything that Amazon does sell, the Marketplace, which is online, accounted for half of their sales. Now, how do you fix a strategy problem? Because step two is, again, a failure of strategy. This is what we call a what problem. The first one was a how problem. This one is a what problem. Amazon already knew that it wanted to be the world's leading shopping site. That's why they were able to launch the initial action site, I mean, sorry, auction site in three months. Their why and how was figured out. They knew why they were doing it. They knew how they were going to get it done. However, their what component was unknown. They thought they knew their what component, but again, it was a failure. They didn't know what would work in the in the uh, marketplace. So there are three ways to fix failures of strategy. There are three ways to fix your what problem. One, launch it quickly. Two, do it cheaply. Three, revise it rapidly. Let me repeat that. There are three, ra- three ways to fix failures of strategy and your what problem. One, launch it quickly. Two, do it cheaply. Three, revise it rapidly. If you look at Amazon, they launched three different versions of the same product in 20 months. The reality is that no matter how much preparation you do, nobody knows how well a product will do until it's actually released to the public. So the faster you get your product to the market, the quicker you're able to begin making changes. Assuming that you've achieved some level of quality, it is important that you test out new strategies on a tight budget. This allows for you to test out more strategies in case something doesn't go as planned. So again, referencing number two, when I say do it cheaply, if you end up spending a lot of money on one strategy, it gets harder to let it go because now you have so much invested, especially monetarily. Now you can't just walk away. So the more energy you put into something, the more ownership you feel towards it. Bad business ideas, toxic relationships, um, destructive habits of all kinds can be hard to let go once they become a part of your identity. So it's important that, you know, while you're testing new strategies, you make sure that you test them cheaply, which avoids 
a lot of these pitfalls and increases the likelihood that you will follow the strategy that works best rather than the one you have invested in the most. So number three, revise it rapidly. Revisions, they're, they're essential, man. You should always be looking for new ways to revise your strategies in order to achieve maximum results. Never think your strategy is so good that it doesn't need to be revised. Always, y'all, always be open to new ideas. So whenever, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, they struggle with products. They need to find a product to sell. They need to find something. They need to work on their products. They don't know if their product will actually work. Well, there is a way to do that. And this is your what? This, this A lot of people struggle with this, the what problem. So come out with a couple of products, but make sure that you don't invest so much money behind those products. That way, if one of them does fail, you've tested it. The marketplace didn't accept it. Now you can move on. Or you'll have a product that is accepted, but it's not giving you the results that you want. So then you tweak it to make it better. But what you do is when you launch it quickly, now you're able to make pretty much you're, you're ma- able to make, you know, cheap mistakes and you're able to recover from them a lot faster as opposed to putting, you know, a, an absurd amount of money behind one idea. And if it doesn't go, go, you know, right, well, you're taking a risk. And when we talk about investing, well, guys, we want to make sure that we're risk adverse so that we understand that we don't put all our eggs in one basket. Step three or stage three. Stage three is a failure of vision. So there's a woodworker named John and he started his own company. Um, It was a carpentry business. So he takes orders and then he fulfills them. It's very simple, but his employees are unmotivated. They're disengaged. They don't want to work there. So he realizes this and he's, but he's wondering like, okay, why are my employees feeling like this? What am I going to do? So he's been doing the same thing day in and day out for the past decade. He's had a high turnover rate ever since he started. His systems are cool. They they work. He's getting those. He's getting what he needs. His strategy is good as well. He's got the how and the what figured out, but he doesn't know his why. The reason why John's struggling with keeping his employees and his overall direction of his business, um, it's because he doesn't have a vision for it. It's because It's because his lack of vision that his employees don't have anything invested. So how do you fix a failure of vision? Let's say you guys already have a business, but you're you're like trying to figure out your, your why. Well, this is a failure of vision is a why problem. So we've talked about the how and the what. So the failure of vision, now we need to focus on the why. I was talking to somebody the other day and... Um, shout out to her if she's listening to this podcast, but I was talking to her about her event planning business and she was just talking about, you know, she really didn't know where to go and, you know, she knew she wanted to do this. And so I asked her her why, and she really couldn't, really couldn't explain to me, you know, her why. So, you know, anybody who's struggling with your failure of vision, then you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Whatever your why is, you need to be able to anchor that to your soul. You need to be able to Get up every single day, whatever your why is, your why should be something that pushes you beyond what you expect from yourself. Your why makes you get up. Your why makes you push through times when you don't want to do work. Your why is, 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 is literally the thing that, that no matter what, you will not stop trying. That is your why. So if you can't answer your why, then you need to go back to the drawing board. For me, my why is my family. My why is is providing for my family and being able to make sure that at no time in my life that I'm not able to provide for them. So 
my why, everything that keeps me going every single day, no matter what is my family. At the end of the day, that will always motivate me. That will always get me up out of the bed. And that will always keep me honest. So if I'm ever struggling in my business, and even when I have down times, there, you know, life, again, we've talked about this as ebbs and flows. You have up times, you have down times. But at the end of the day, you still have to operate at a constant speed. So let me, let me explain this. And, I'll, and I'm going on a, a bit of a tangent, but I want to break this down because it, it's important to understand and it aligns with your why. When you're working day in and day out, everybody has a constant speed that they operate at, no matter if they're on a high or if they're on a low. So what happens is when you change the different things in your life and you start to understand your why, then your constant speed starts to go up. So over time, as you improve on this, when your constant speed starts to go up, then no matter if you're if you're low, that means your constant speed has changed, which means your level of productivity has also increased. So a lot of times when let's say you're 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 in a rut for like 2 weeks but at the end of the day you're still productive that means your constant your constant speed has increased that means you've improved in the productivity in your life because you know you have to get things done so that is when you start to pull in your why because even though you may not be motivated to do the job all the time you still have your why that you hold on to which in essence gets you up out of the bed which gets you to get you to produce at least enough to get you through that rut so now when you're at optimal speed your constant speed just increases even more so I want you guys to understand that concept because it might be something that you need to work on. It's something that I work on constantly. I'm always trying to improve my daily life so that my, my constant speed can always increase. So how do you fix a failure of vision? Well, this happens because your vision or goal for what you want to become doesn't align with the actions that you're taking. Let me repeat that. Your failure of vision happens because your vision or goal for what you want to become does not align with the actions that you're taking. There are three ways to fix this. Number one, take stock in your life. Number two, determine your non-negotiable. Number three, navigate criticism. Number one, take stock in your life. Take ownership and stock in your life. Own your business and run it with pride. Understand that your job and your purpose matters. If you never decide on a vision for your life, you'll often find yourself living in someone else's dream. Ask yourself, how do you want to spend your days? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to get out of this? These questions matter when you're trying to determine your why. So in essence, what I'm saying is take pride, take ownership, you know, just just own it, man. If something is, is the matter in your life or you're struggling, like, or you're struggling with being confident in your business, own it, man. If you want to go do, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to do, own it. Don't be shy about it because once you own it, then people can now understand where you're coming from and then they start to invest in you. So take ownership and take stock into your life. Number two, determining your non-negotiable. This one is very important. Your non-negotiable is the one thing that you're not willing to budge on no matter what. One common mistake is to make the non-negotiable your strategy when it should be your vision. Let me repeat that. A common mistake that we make is we make the non-negotiable our strategy when it should be our vision. It's very easy to get 
fixated on your idea. But if you're going to get obsessed with something, get obsessed with your vision, not your idea. Essentially, ideas can change because ideas don't always work out. However, visions typically last a lot longer. You know what you want to become. You know what you see yourself as. You can have a different, you can have 20 different ideas that can get you to the same vision. It can get you to the same place. So be firm on the vision, not on this particular version of your idea. Jeff Bezos has even said, we are stubborn on vision, but we are flexible on details. This is essential. You must be stubborn on your vision because that is your non-negotiable. There are certain things in your life that are non-negotiables. Certain things are goals and certain things are standards. I've said this before, but a lot of times that a lot of times the standards in our life or a lot of times the um, the not, the uh, goals in our life should be standards. So whatever goal you have, check those off and see like, okay, is this, should this be a standard? So that we can understand and we can increase our level of productivity and we can start to begin um, understanding our why. So number three, navigate criticism. Criticism can be an indicator of failed strategies and tactics, but assuming you're a reasonable person with good intentions, it is rarely an indicator of a failed vision. If you are committed to making your vision a non-negotiable factor in your life and not giving up on the first try, then you have to be willing to navigate criticism. You don't need to apologize for the things you love. But you have to, but you have to learn how to deal with haters. Haters are not going away. They will always be there. It's white noise. Learn to ignore them and keep your tunnel vision. It's best not to even entertain the BS. So when you're dealing with criticism and you're dealing with naysayers, you know, I just, I just mentioned, you don't need to apologize for the things you love. So over time, I've become more accepting of who I am as a person. One of the things that I love is I love comic books. I also love anime. You know, some people don't like that. Some people may think I'm weird for that. But guess what? I don't give a damn. At the end of the day, whatever you love, own it. If you love nails and you love shopping or whatever it is that you love, if you like to wear black all the time, whatever you want to do, own it and love it. And you don't need to apologize to anybody, nobody for something that makes you happy and something that makes you feel good. A final note on failure. Just because you fail does not mean you aren't meant to be a business owner. Just because you didn't get something right the first time doesn't mean all hope is lost. Chill, relax, y'all. Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone fails. But just like I stated earlier, make your mistakes quickly and revise them. Give yourself time, be patient with the process, and at the end of the day, you're in control of your own fate. Accept that and own it. Then go out there and kill it. Crush every obstacle because failure is inevitable. And on that note, guys, I want to wrap this podcast episode up. Guys, if you like this content, like, share, subscribe, and continue to support. Thank you guys who are always um, sharing the content and it doesn't go unnoticed. We do have a couple of new things coming out. Can't wait for you guys to see. And on that note, have a good one. Peace.